everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April, and as always, looking for my good buddy, Seth, Seth Robinson. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Pretty well. Looking forward to next week, Thanksgiving, getting some little bit of a downtime, um, seeing some family I haven't seen in a while. So yeah, I'm, I'm all in all, I'm in a pretty good mood about that. Oh, that's good. Good. Yeah, we're going to have a pretty quiet one here. We're not going anywhere and nobody's coming. It's just going to be us. So it'll be quiet. Um, might get a little too quiet, but we'll see. I'm willing to test Sometimes it out. Nice. Sometimes those are nice, though. I've had years where we've done the quiet thing, and um, those are some of the nicest holidays that I've had. Because the majority of the time, ours are raucous, and, and there's lots of family members flying in from out of town, et cetera. And every once in a while... Um, we get one of the quiet ones, and they're to be appreciated. Yeah. Yeah, we usually do Christmas kind of by ourselves. So we've got experience with it, but this will be the first Thanksgiving, I think, in a long, long time um, that it'll be just us. So well, you nice. have, Your daughter will be coming home, though, from college. Yeah, right? she so gets in nice. Monday, and she's staying all week. She leaves Saturday. It's nice that she gets to come in on Monday because then she can leave on Saturday when the airport is dead instead of having to do it on Sunday when it's a circus. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, tra- air travel it sort of is not fun on the Thanksgiving time frame if you don't plan it correctly. Well, even depending on, you know, where you're going or how far you're going trying to drive anywhere, you know, like I know some people that I think are driving into Michigan and you know, to go from here into Michigan, kind of underneath, you know, the lake there, that spot always gets really messed up. And I'm sure Wednesday and Sunday are going to be a horror show. Yes, I'm driving, but very close, just crossing over the border into Massachusetts from New Hampshire. It shouldn't be too bad. Good. Well, uh, Thanksgiving means the end of the year is coming. So we are doing our annual year in review here, looking back at the big technology news that's happened uh, this year. So what was the thing that jumped out to you? What's first on your list? One of the things that I was thinking about, because we at CompTIA have focused so much on emerging technology this year, but some of our data has shown that emerging tech adoption, both in the channel and on the end user side, is kind of going through the same trajectory that cloud computing did when it first came out, where there was an initial wave of excitement and companies dove in to a certain degree. And then in year two, started to pull back a little bit because it was all, it was like they had taken, you know, bitten off a little bit more than they could chew and started to realize some of the, you know, some of the considerations around some of these technologies, either from a resource perspective, a skills perspective, or how are we applying this to a use case in the, in the real business world? And so they t- did a little bit of a reality check. So I see a lot of um, similarities in the progress of emerging tech, and that's a big umbrella that we can talk about, obviously, and break it down a little bit, um, to what we had talked about years ago with what happened to cloud. The thing that I would add is with cloud, all of those things, you know, the exuberance and the pulling back from it, all that happened in kind of a compressed time frame. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so that first stage of adoption happened relatively quickly. uh, And I don't think we're seeing that. I I agree with you that we're we're seeing that pullback. We're we're not seeing adoption take off. uh, But to the extent that we're seeing traction begin to build, it's building slower than it did 
with cloud computing. And it's a little weird to talk about, you know, this year being marked by the absence of something, but I, I really do feel like I agree with you that that was a defining part of this year is, is people wanting IoT or AI or blockchain or drones or 3D printing or anything to take off. And it's just not taking off in the same way that, that cloud computing did. It looks very much like adoption cycles for a lot of other technologies. And cloud computing is really looking like the outlier. So I don't think there's anything wrong with these emerging technologies. I think they're still going to have a lot of adoption, a lot of benefits. Uh, some of them are going to have broader appeal than others. But it's just going to take time. And I, and I think people started realizing that this year, um, maybe more than they had in over the past couple of years. Yeah, I think it has something to do with it just being such a fragmented category. And you've been right out front in talking about the fact that using the term emerging tech as an umbrella for all of these various disciplines and products and services may be a mistake. You know, maybe the reason is that things are, are not taking off as quickly as you would think is because there are actually so many categories that fall under this bigger category of emerging technology that if you're a business who wants to get into this, you need to kind of make a decision about what, where, you know, which, which one of these are you going to pick or which two of these or which ones fit together. And as a, as a consumer, um, the same decision process has to happen. So it's not like cloud perhaps where it's sort of one monolithic platform as opposed to this being actually just a category with a million different things underneath it. Yeah, I think the one place where using emerging technology as a blanket term has some benefit is in what you're describing, that businesses have to build their processes for evaluating this stuff because there's so much of it. I think in the past, you used to be able to take things one at a time. You used to kind of be able to say, okay, are we going to take a look at unified communications? Are we going to take a look at cloud computing? Uh, and and I'm, I'm sure that, that some companies maybe have been a little bit more aggressive in having some processes or some cross-department teams or whatever it might be to evaluate new technology. But with so many of them on the market right now, businesses are driving even more towards that and, and really saying we have to have a process for evaluating all of this stuff because we can't you know, test each one individually, or we can't kind of give the same level of effort to each one individually, we're going to have to figure out which ones are, are worth doing. Right. I will say this, I think that um, Internet of Things is a bit of an exception here. And, and this is just bearing out in the data that I have for channel companies. Uh, there is some momentum there. I'll, I'll grant you that it is not like it has taken a little while, it is a bit more of a mature technology compared to some of the other things in the emerging tech category. But I am seeing greater adoption rates of IoT services. Um, and because there's a great number of, of those, it's not just, you know, installing device uh, sensors, and it's, you know, it's analytics, and it's managing all of that. And um, so I'd say that's the one category that I, I would give a thumbs up this year that has seen some positive momentum. I think that actually leads into one of the things that I noticed the most this year. And I actually got uh, asked by a reporter the other day what I would call this the year of. You know, was this the year of IoT or the year of, of AI or whatever it was? And and I said, actually, it it might not sound quite as exciting as some of those things, but I think this was the year of security 
Uh, and you could probably almost call any year the year of security, but I think there were a couple things that really made security come to the forefront of, of businesses' thinking process and make them think that they had to handle it differently. And IoT was one of those things, because with with IoT, the, the initial take on IoT security was, well, we're, these are digital devices now, and so we're going to secure them as we have our other digital devices. And there's definitely a need to do that, but it goes further than that because with IoT, you're now digitizing physical environments and processes that maybe used to be mechanical. And the example that I use is if you think about a light switch in your house and you turn that over to smart lighting, you get more benefit in you know voice control or automation or customization or whatever it might be. But you also are introducing a lot of components uh, like, you know, the, the light itself or the hub that it has to connect to or whatever it might be, the app that's controlling it. And any of those components can break down a lot more easily than the wiring and the physical switch in the house. So I think that reliability has been a new part of thinking about security. And then we've talked a little bit on here about MSPs becoming a, a much bigger vector for attacks. Mm and really needing to kind of get their house in order because attackers are figuring out that they can get to a ton of companies if they can get into the MSP. And and so I think on the channel side, that's been one thing that's really driven companies to think about their own security more seriously and then maybe extend that into the security offerings that they're giving to to customers. And so I think that those those things, along with a few others, uh, have, have, again, driven companies to that point that we've discussed before of thinking about security as a standalone function within a business rather than just part of IT operations. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It's an interesting point you make on the MSP side is that a lot of MSPs, what they do in, in their business model is to offer security services to their customers, but then have perhaps been remiss in, in uh, recognizing that they need to be very shored up security-wise internally um, because as what you said, um, and we talked to John Tippett about this when he was on one of our episodes, that they are a, a vector, as you said, um, where um, bad actors can infiltrate and then gain access. They're not necessarily infiltrating for the MSP stuff. They really just want to get access to the hundreds of customers they may have attached to the network. Um, so that's very interesting. I, you know, security was going to be on my list just because why wouldn't it be? It's kind of a, a no brainer that it is an issue every year. And the thing that has me scratching my head and I'm interested in what your opinion is, is do you think the general public after all of the, you know, we've been talking about security and all the breaches that have happened and you know, the identity theft and everything that has, has occurred do you think that the general population is starting to get it? Or do you think security is just this thing that we're just going to hit like a hammer over the head for the rest of our lives, but it's just always going to be a problem? I, I think that uh, just like with reliability in IoT, there are there are some other aspects of security that are that are starting to become, I think, more critical. And I think for the general public, the, the biggest aspect that's that's starting to become important to them is is trust. I, I think they kind of recognize that their their identity might, you know, get stolen or lost here or there and there are certain things that they have to do. But generally speaking, 
they want to see how companies are reacting to these things and mm. and what they're doing about it and and if they feel like they can trust that company in the future or if this is something that's happening over and over again. Uh, and so I, I think that it's maybe a little odd to call it security because I don't think that the general public is looking for 100% secure, I'm never going to have my data stolen or anything like that. And I think the same thing is happening with businesses. They're kind of recognizing that it can't be 100% secure, but so they have to do risk analysis and consumers have to kind of make decisions on on who they can trust. And we'll see how that plays out. Some companies you know, maybe so well established that they're they're not well trusted, but consumers are still using them. I'm not sure, but I, I do think that it's beginning to resonate with people. It's just what exactly does that look like? You know, once they start asking questions, what kind of questions are they asking? Because, like I said, it's not going to be that fully secure, perfectly secure environment. Um, it's just going to be about establishing trust or managing risk properly. Right. Well, I think that's a good segue into one of the other things I wanted to talk about, just as it noted this year. And I don't want to keep this all kind of neg- on a negative side. We can talk about some positives, obviously, as well. But I think this was the year where t- the tech industry has kind of had its come to Jesus moment in a way. It's just kind of um, you're not the upstart, uh, the young colt out of the, you know, out of the barn. And I'm, I'm mixing 8000 metaphors right now. But it's just there have been issues with technology, and it's not the reputation, I think, of the industry has been a little bit um, sullied. And I wonder, mostly as a year in review thought, if that's going to have any kind of downstream effect on smaller technology companies, you know, like those in the channel, or if this is just something from a reputation standpoint that stays at the highest end of the big companies in the tech industry, and it really does not have a a greater impact on those below. But I I do think this is a a reflection time for the tech industry, and I think a lot of the leaders in the tech industry realize this finally, that there's a responsibility factor that goes with all of the things that we're doing because technology and the digital world now are running things, essentially. And that has an impact on everybody, and it bears great responsibility. So I want to take a slightly different approach on this one that, that maybe does get towards more more positive things. I, I think you're right. The feeling has been that certain companies or the industry in general ha- have kind of had their reputation tarnished a little bit. But I I don't know that there's been enough discussion about the real core issues and and what people want to happen. And, and I think that we haven't gotten to that discussion because sometimes uh, the, the answers that have been given haven't always been given in the right way. And I, I think that kind of gets to your point about companies all up and down the spectrum thinking mm. about their messaging and thinking about the reasons behind why they do what they do and, and being open to discussion on it. But I, I think that there's been a little too much black and white on, on some of this. And you kind of mentioned this on on the holiday episode that some of this has been very black and white. Uh, and and if, you, if you make it black and white, then maybe too much tends to fall on the negative side. And yeah. I think that these are very complex issues. And I think when you, when you think about something like, is a platform going to allow incorrect information on it? The, the, the knee-jerk reaction tends to be, no, that platform shouldn't allow incorrect information. 
But the, the next level down from that is, are you granting that platform the ability to decide what's right and wrong? You know, what does that governance process look like? And, and I again, I think the 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 answers on on some of these issues haven't always dug down into that complexity, but I do think it's there, and I think that's why we see some of the answers that we do. And I, I think it would really benefit everyone to get to that complexity because that's where the transformation lies. You know, we're, we're seeing tremendous benefits from technology growing to massive scale and being available to practically the entire global population. But then what comes from that and how do we govern that, whether we're talking about individual governments doing that or whether we're talking about the companies themselves doing some of that governing? Um, we, we don't have those, those answers yet, but I think continuing to have the, the benefit of this technology requires that we have these deeper discussions rather than just knee-jerk reactions on what's right and what's wrong. No, I agree. There's a big gray area in the middle. And um, I do think that the conversations are happening, though. I think there's awareness now. And I, I would say leaving 2019 into 2020, that would be a good takeaway is that um, I do believe that the important conversations are starting to happen. There are thought leaders out there who are um, very much addressing this. Um, these issues and not keeping it black and white. It's not just all positive or all negative. We haven't really talked about the human element so much, though, people who work in the tech field. And I thought that would be something that I would bring up because I think that was a big one for 2019 is the realization that we talk about skills gaps, but just the realization that there are so many opportunities in the tech industry right now for a career and for work that are not as you would traditionally think, just somebody who goes and gets a engineering degree or a computer science degree and then you know works, or somebody who does just goes to some uh, a tech academy and, and ends up working on a help desk and then works their way up. The opportunities are so varied and in so many different industries now. You don't just need to work for a software company. That um, that's kind of exciting. And I thought in 2019 that really came to fore. Um, that and in CompTIA we press this quite a bit. Uh, but I think what's interesting is that it's it's a big, huge canvas that a lot of um, young people can get involved in. And and it doesn't have to be sort of a single lane. There are so many opportunities in different industries. And I think that's exciting. Right. I think I think that, you know, is uh, one way to, to talk about a, another positive thing that's happening in the industry, which is I think diversity is improving. It's certainly not where it ought to be. But I think it's improving, and I think one of the reasons that it's improving is because people recognize that it's kind of been broken for a long time. But I think another reason it's improving is the the skill gap right now is so wide, and there's just not enough candidates out there to meet the demand that companies are having to think about things differently. And as they think about them differently, they're finding that they're actually getting some really good people in that, that maybe they wouldn't have picked up before if they were only looking for those traditional STEM candidates. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the STEM stuff continues to be important and we need more of that. But then there are other candidates out there that might not have that STEM background that are just as important and that are bringing a new approach to it. And especially as every part of IT has so many different pieces to it. So 
you know, cybersecurity isn't just about defense anymore. It's about maybe going on the offense and kind of thinking creatively about what the vulnerabilities might be. And data isn't just about managing the database and using SQL to manipulate it. It's about visualizing it and presenting it to decision makers in a way that helps them make the decisions. And those types of things open up opportunity for people that might not have considered technology as a career before. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I, I think it's an exciting time for lots of, of young people in particular to consider a technology career. And I think, to your point, the diversity aspect of this, um, I think, is helped by the fact that getting into a tech career does not mean having to join a tech, you know, a tech company per se. Um, and, and the category of tech careers has expanded so much that you have many more choices. And, and so, um, you know, the opportunities for people of all kinds of backgrounds and skill sets, um, has just exploded and, and, and that's a good thing. And I think also the industry itself is trying to do a better job of just being um, more cognizant of the fact that, you know, diversity is a good thing. And it's not just for um, numbers purposes, but diversity is a good thing because it's a good business thing. I mean, it helps the bottom line. It helps you be more innovative. It brings more ideas into an organization. And I, I think we saw a little bit of a wake up in 2019 to that effect. Well, that's probably... A pretty good note to end on. I, I think that that is a very positive reflection on on the year, and I think there have been some some secondary things that have happened. You know, in terms of some, you know, as as people are using cloud more, they experience the outages, and and then they have to deal with that. There's been a lot of M and A going on, but yep. I think a lot of that just kind of fits into these these major themes that we've already discussed. Um, of you know emerging I tech. Had little, I had my little sub list of things, and you just like M and A's were on there, and uh, so yeah, I think um, I think the, the the macro stuff we just touched upon kind of covers the big themes of 2019, and there are lots of little sub bullets that you could put underneath there. Well, for anyone that enjoyed this episode uh, and and might be wondering why we are doing it a little early, because we are approaching the end of the 2010s, we did our year in review now, and on our final episode of the year, we're going to do full decade in review. So we really have to do our homework for that one. I'm going to have to study. I can't remember what I ate for breakfast. Never mind what happened in 2010. But we'll get it together. We will. We will. So uh, people can look for that in a couple weeks. And we are recording this one early, but people are probably listening to it on Black Friday or later uh, as they're out doing their holiday shopping. shopping. So (laughs) my friend, I hope that you have a good Thanksgiving. You too. Enjoy very much the quiet Thanksgiving. I I kind of envy that a little bit. So have a great time. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll text you during the day and tell you how great it's going. Okay, sounds good. All right, talk to you later.